Research shows that many of us spend up to 80% of our time sitting at work. That's a total of 1,664 hours sitting in our chair for the whole year. If this statistics does not alarm you, listen to the full podcast and see if you may actually learn something even more alarming. This specific statistics was actually done based on workers that worked out of the home to support employers and their employees and talking about the impact of immobility on the health of the employee or the health of just the humans working, sitting in chairs all day. Our ancestors were not the sedentary. We as a culture and the modernization of our culture have progressively become more sedentary. Our cells actually tells us what we were naturally supposed to be doing. Our cells are constantly moving. They move for every aspect of communication, chemical reaction, signaling. They are moving. When cells stop still move, they are dead, sick, atrophied. The same for humans. As we stop moving, we see what is the rising numbers of inflammatory diseases that do start to impact our life. Hello, friends, and welcome to the Limbic Podcast. Listen. Your brain and your body comes equipped with their own healing machines. My name is Umu Benjamin and I am a holistic integrator of a nutritional psychiatry nurse practitioner. With over 21 years of medical nursing experience and a mind, brain and body preventive health coach. I'm going to use this podcast today to talk about the effect of lack of movement and end the podcast by actually giving you an intervention that can support What is this lack of movement we are experiencing as a society? When we don't move, blood flow is impacted. And a lot of the times these things sound very critical. I'm not talking about the severity of where all of a sudden you have no blood flow to your brain. I'm talking about just a micro decrease in what would have been the optimum blood flow your brain is meant to receive that do get to be impacted and over time what would have been your health span and the quality of your health span when you are 50 and 60 and 70? Most individuals get to those ages and start to activate different metabolic disorders. Well, the side effect of developing those metabolic disorders is actually what is what those micro side effects of lack of mobility is impacting to our brains and our bodies. Another side effect of lack of movement is decreased neuronal and synapses connection. When you do not move, you do not perfuse your brain. If your brain is not perfused, what is those communication that happens in your brain gets decreased. And when the research was done about the 80% of us sitting at, sitting at work, that's 20% of our lifetime sitting at work, they found out that after 21 minutes of actually not moving, 21 minutes of not moving, you are losing cognitive function. But the science shows it. The science explains it. And we're talking about a decrease in what is your cognitive health and performance. So what individuals get to experience that feels very normal, which will be changes in your memory, your memory recall, your memory retention, difficulties for attention and focus and executive functioning. Changes in your mood, changes in your affect. Lack of movement is going to impact your physical health and performance. That's one everybody knows about. But what some individuals do not truly understand is lack of movement actually causes your muscles to start to atrophy. People who are not moving a lot, you get to see what is a reduction in their muscle density. 
Muscle density, muscle strength, strength of the bone. What doesn't get used actually gets to be lost. And that's the same for every cells in our bodies. Lack of movement is gonna lead to poor energy. And lack of movement have a whole lot of different implications, but since my topic today is more focused on lack of movement and an intervention that will support you. But another side effect of not moving is whole body circulation implication. Your whole body circulating depends on movement. And when I mean circulating, I mean the circulatory system. The veins and the vessels that support your whole body relies on movement. And without proper movement, you as an individual do get to experience a side effect of having different changes that do happen, that do impact us as we actually age. And some of those changes that impact us as we actually get older is the risk factors associated with all-cause mortality. We're talking about hypertension, high blood pressure. We're talking about lipidemia, which is high lipids in your blood. We're talking about cardiovascular diseases, diabetes, hypercholesteremia, autoimmune disorders, and some of the other inflammatory disorders we do develop. We have long studies that do show how lack of movement or exercise impacts what becomes us developing these different diseases that predispose us to early death. So today, I'll give you a little bit more neuroscience, neuroscience and physical science about just what movement does for your brain and your physical health and how we can use an intervention of micro exercise within our current environment to support longevity and health span. All of the stimuli we are picking up are forms of communications and informations that get sent to the brain. The brain has to process it. And based on our lifestyles, our habits and our behaviors, our brain is gonna receive that information and it's going to signal our autonomic nervous system. This system is then going to activate our sympathetic system, which is our stress system, or our parasympathetic system, which is our repair and relax system. After prolonged inactivity, our body naturally wants to adjust as part of the autonomic arousal. That's just what our body naturally needs to do. It does that for physical reason. It does that for chemical reasons because it's actually embedded in what is our genes and our cellular makeup. These changes in position that needs to happen serves to actually optimize your health. Your body has a healing engineering mechanism that supports every aspect of what we are supposed to be as humans and there's an aspect that as we modernize, we almost do not see these tiny cues our bodies are able to give us as signals. So if our habits and behaviors and lifestyles are highly stressed, paired with long periods of inactivity or movement, we activate our sympathetic system. And this is going to activate different areas of our brains. Our amygdala, which is our emotional center, our prefrontal cortex, which is our executive functioning system in the brain. Now, any aspect of stress activates your whole brain. Your whole brain is illuminated. But since I tend to talk about just what impact, what feels like mental health and cognitive health and brain health, I'm focusing on these two structures, but all structures in your brain does get illuminated. And when that happens, we start to experience what feels like the everyday normal because we see it as normal. We do not get to see what may be the potential future effect, but we are a little bit more restless. We're twitchy, 
you feel like you need to move or change position? The wonderful thing about being an adult is we have learned how to control those impulses and hide them so nicely. So you can actually see this happening in a child. Ask a child to sit longer and literally ask them to sit and see what happens. A body part is moving. Regardless of what is supposed to happen, it's moving because your brain naturally is programmed to move. But as we get older, we actually learn how to suppress these impulses that do get to occur for specific different reasons. But as we actually ignore these other sensors and sensory signals our body is sending us, we actually experience a change in what is our concentration and our focus and our mental acuity. You feel yourself feeling tired, you literally slouching in your chair, you feel drowsy. The change is going to extend to how your pupils are going to change, your visual fields are going to change in your environment. And for all of us that are working from home, this is where you get to see your eyes getting blurred. You're taking your glasses off and massaging your eyes or you kind of take your hand and you rub it across your face. These are all different signals that's telling you you need to perform some form of range of motion to actually reset your brain and reset your energy. A lot of us also struggle when we sit for a longer time where you struggle with reading documents. This is where you start to find yourself reading and rereading and it feels almost like you're reading something that you should naturally be able to comprehend and it just feels like right now it's just blah. Warning cues that your body naturally is giving you as a way to change position to reorganize and restructure what is those stimuli that's actually activating your stress response. On the amygdala side or the emotional side, we start to experience what are changes in our emotions. We are flustered, we are overwhelmed, we are bored, we are tired, we are fatigued, we are irritable, easily angered, can become emotional. And this is where you actually may find yourself being a little forgetful. You might have put something as a sticker somewhere and naturally you would have been able to reach for it and remember. But now you are actually having difficulty with aspect of just where you put it and it's right in front of you. And part of that stress response is it impacts what is our memory storage, our retention, our recall. And that's not worse. It actually starts to impact what is your ability to perform executive functioning, high-level thinking, ones that do support a lot of us in our everyday work. So while a lot of the things I'm talking about seems almost normal in everyday behavior, Unconsciously, we actually develop a lot of different maladaptive coping mechanism, walk around to support these signs our body gives us and the side effects our body gives us from us not being able to respond to the cues it's giving us. And we literally replace it with other maladaptive behaviors that may involve increasing distraction, Seeking out what may be more dopamine-producing activities outside of what we need to be doing for being productive. And I'll go into some of the other behaviors we naturally tap into when we do not listen to the cues our body gives us as to when we need to move or the fact we need to be moving. Chronic activation of our sympathetic system actually causes our body's vital signs and muscular system to experience a lot of different abnormalities in their functionalities. And I'm talking micro abnormalities. When we start to see what becomes severe, it's usually late, late onset or late discovery. 
any aspect of what I talk on limbic is going to be us having to be more preventive to listen to these tiny cues or see these tiny cues as they come in because those tiny cues becomes what while they're tiny now becomes actually bigger as we age or when our bodies and our brain go under more severe stress or more acute stress or more chronic stress. When we are stressed, our body is going to release more stress hormones, cortisol. Cortisol is going to drive our blood pressure, our heart rate, our respiration. It's going to change how blood flow goes through our brains and our bodies. And all of these changes do impact what is the oxygen demand in our brains and our bodies, which turn around and actually impact our cognitive performance and our physical health and energy. So all the symptoms you get to experience when you activate that sympathetic response is due to the fact that we are also changing some of the structural and chemical demands of the body by being inactive. However, if we were able to activate more of our parasympathetic systems by learning a lot of the different mindful practices as I talked on on limbic podcasts, you get to kind of learn how to reduce chances of activating a lot of the symptoms that comes with your sympathetic response activation. Because by you tapping and actively tapping into your parasympathetic response, you are going to be increasing blood flow and oxygen to your brain and supporting what is the functionality of your body natural need without you having to impact what is your well-being. So we're talking you protecting and supporting your brain structures, including the amygdala and the prefrontal cortex. And at the end of the day, when we can do that, we actually are more productive and more effective and actually have a better sense of well-being. The longer we stay in one position and we are immobile, the more we start to activate our stress response. And we lose more of our parasympathetic tone. And we lose what becomes the benefit of being able to be productive, effective, and flexible. Flexible with every aspect of life. So today I'm going to talk about a very simple everyday mindful life balance approach that we all can tap into to support lack of movement and improve our well-being. And that's just micro-exercise. You heard it, micro-exercise. Micro-exercise or movement is you and I choosing to frequently perform different exercises or range of body motion or exercise techniques that supports reducing what is our sympathetic response throughout the day and improving what is our parasympathetic tone. Even when we are under very stressful circumstances. I'm talking about the, the art of using many different exercise regimen that gets to be spread out throughout your day, infused with fun, infused with liveliness to support our well-being. Naturally, we all know this. When stress goes up, learning, stirring memory, retention all goes down. But that's just the, the superficial of everything. The cellular change is even more difficult. And over time, the brain actually builds maladaptive coping mechanism for every time we are not mobile. So yes, immediately you may lose what is just that executive functioning. 
but long term you're losing what is the chemical structures, the cellular structures and the metabolic changes and flexibility you need to support your wellness. When we get to actually tap into micro-exercise, we get to support our brain by actually finding ourselves being more productive, emotionally resilient. And we also get to prevent our brains from tapping into what would be those maladaptive coping, which under stress, a lot of us find ourselves using things that feed our dopamine. And some of those things may be just going to your cell phone and scrolling, going to your cell phone and playing a game, increasing the need to tap into the refrigerator to get snack or the snack cabinet, checking out for the day, and in many cases, taking extra few naps throughout the day. These are actually all chemical signals induced by stress, induced by cortisol. Naturally, cortisol releases pushes the body to increase glucose demand. That's where you find yourself visiting the refrigerator or becoming friends with the refrigerator. So snacking is going to come naturally. Excess cortisol is also going to inhibit the neurotransmitters in our brain that keeps us energized, attentive, and focused. So we're talking the norepinephrine, the dopamine, and without those, you are tired and fatigued and your bed becomes your best friend. It's a vicious cycle, but it doesn't have to be because we do have interventions that we can tap into every day. During COVID, the clients that I worked with, it was a difficult transition, especially for the ones that were able to go to the gym for the day and just get that exercise. And even then, we do know just that one hour or 90 minutes of exercise is not enough to support what you as a human or I as a human need when it comes to movement. But when COVID happened and everything shut down, we had to implement micro-movement in their own homes. Because the lack of movement for any individual that wants brain wellness, mental wellness, physical wellness, lack of movement impacts your well-being and longevity and health span. So what are some of the benefits? And these are some of the benefits my clients did experience. By you moving, you are actually actively choosing to increase your cognitive performance. You are actively improving blood flow and oxygenation. When you move, blood flow increases. When you move, you have to use oxygen and bring oxygen in to perfuse your brain. Microexercise is going to improve and stabilize your glucose metabolism. All of us that work, whether in the office or at home, when we eat our breakfast, lunch, and dinner, if you have not developed what is that metabolic flexibility to tap into lipids and ketones to allow you to have glucose or energy fuel for your brain, based on what you are eating, you tend to crash two to four hours later. And this is where you are sluggish, you dull, you dizzy, you want to nap. Microexercise prevents you from experiencing that horrible crash. Microexercise tap into your muscles because your muscle stores excess glucose, pull them out and support you. So you're not having those high spikes, you're not having the highs and the lows. 
And for most people, a change in their glucose actually causes a lot of different emotional irregularities and cognitive issues. But here's another caveat for any aspect of using microexercise. Every time you engage your muscles, you are actually preventing what becomes a specific medical condition that happens to individuals that spend prolonged time sitting or standing without exercising their muscles or getting their muscles engaged. I'm talking about varicose veins, severe form, but blue veins. If you've ever seen a person that has what looks like blue veins and you can see the blue veins right under their skin because now it's very superficial, that's actually a side effect of a vessel that's now weakened. And part of the side effect of that vessel weakening can be developing clots that can cause other medical problems when we become more inflamed and when we become immobile or gap a bit we become sick. Cortisol makes your blood thicker. So stress is going to make cortisol, cortisol is going to make your blood thicker. Not moving means the blood that's supposed to be returning back to your the rest of your body, your venous return, gets sluggish. When it gets sluggish, it creates what becomes varicose veins. Varicose veins is the severe form. But it's actually blue veins. People see these blue veins under your skin. I can almost look at your feet and see blue veins. And the first thing I think about, God forbid, if you ever do get sick or inflamed, you may be at risk for clots. The body gives us all the signals. They're right there. By doing micro-exercise, every muscle fibers have pumps in them. And part of what the pumps does is to actually pump those veins to push what is the potential of some veins wanting to hold on to sluggish blood return, but now forcing them to go back into the circulatory system so they can be oxygenated and sent back to the rest of the body. The muscles in your legs, the muscles in your thighs, the muscles in your arms have different pumps that squeezes these vessels to prevent them from being sluggish so we can get all the blood back into the system that oxygenate them and send them right back to us again. So not moving predispose us to developing these blue bloods that do get to be seen in our lower legs or potentially for individuals that have now become more inflamed varicose veins. So micro-exercise improve your whole body circulation. Every time you strengthen your muscle, you actually strengthen your brain. That's one thing that happens naturally. For every muscle you build, you build in more brain cells. Micro-exercise is going to also decrease cortisol, as I explained. But when cortisol does get to be decreased, it supports what is that stress your body naturally gets from being immobile or just lack of activity or just lack of lifestyle health measures. Stress is going to impact your dopamine. When cortisol comes out, 
due to stress, dopamine actually gets depleted. And many of the clients that I've worked with in the past, when they experienced what felt like a decrease in their cognitive performance, even for the ones that were on medications, we're talking dopaminergic medications, and the ones that were not on dopaminergic medication, they knew that by tapping into some form of micro-exercise, they were able to make their day, win their day, perform for the day. Because under high cognitive demanding task, your brain goes through your nutrients and your neurotransmitters fast. It depletes them faster. The reason a lot of people will crash after high cognitive demand is the same reason. And the fastest way to push that up or improve your cognitive performance is a quick micro-exercise that fuels your brain with more blood, more oxygenation, more dopamine, more neurotransmitters that support your brain. We as a culture, many of us, work about 6 to 10 hours. Some people may actually work longer. And a lot of us sometimes go to the gym in the morning and we get to say, well, I already went to the gym. I'm okay with the exercise I need to do for the day. But that's truly not the case. We know of a lot of individuals that do go to the gym in the morning and yet what is their cardiovascular health and their cardiopulmonary health is actually not efficient to support their brain perfusion. Because we are picking up stress every single minute, every single hour, every single day. And one of the fastest ways to support reducing what becomes the impact inactivity on our brain and body is micro-exercise because you are chipping at what becomes that accumulative stress that impacts our brain and our body. So how do you incorporate micro-exercise at home? That's the fun part. Turn it into a game. Gamify the behavior. Gamify the behavior and the habit. Gamify the habit. Make it into fun. Make it into a rewarding system. If you have a smartwatch, track it. Monitor it. About 30 days to 60 days of you actually looking at your smart smartwatch to see how much exercise you're taking and how that's changing your heart rate and your blood pressure or your respiration, you are actually able to make a lot of different adjustments and changes. Use a jaw rewarding system. Use it to develop what will be the self-rewarding system and that will help foster momentum. Eventually, what is that external reward becomes the internal reward when you're able to see how your body performs. And for any behavior to become a set behavior, it needs to be performed daily and consistently. While you may not go to the gym every day, micro-exercise can be done every day. Because you're choosing to take what would have been a bigger set of exercise and compact it down to something smaller using your current environment. So it can be done any time of the day. So here are some of the few micro-exercise and movement. And these are just few that I just thought of based on the podcast. But keep in mind, any exercise you have ever done in home or at the gym can be micro-dosed. One of the micro-exercises I do like, and a lot of my clients have benefited from, because brain, brain positivity, affirmation, gratitude, along with stretching and muscle, a range of motion can be very beneficial for any person that's under high stress. And that exercise is progressive muscle relaxation. 
progressive muscle relaxation is where you get to stretch and flex and extend and contract your muscles, which supports all the benefits I mentioned before. But now it's going to be in addition to you giving your body affirmation and gratefulness and thankfulness for actually having a body that's working for you. Another type of micro exercise, tapping your foot under your work desk. That's one that actually, after five minutes of doing it, your calf burns. So you're directly impacting what is that energy production your body needs and energy production your brain needs. A lot of the times we're working on projects and all of a sudden we feel we're lacking the creativity. Turn on some music and dance for five minutes, dance it off. And I guarantee you, you will get what is that creative thought process you needed to continue your work. Or get out and walk for that specific time. Or actually do climb up the stairs up and down. Use light weights on your ankles so you can do ankle raises under the desk. Those same light weights can be attached to your arms and you can do arm raises. You want to make it fun and just enjoy the fact we are alive and we have bodies that are working. Tiptoe around your house to go get a coffee and engage those calf muscles, pushing those blood back into your circulatory system and perfusing your brain. You can do wall push-ups. You can do squats. Ear squats, quick squats. You can also use stretch bands. Stretch bands can be put to your lower legs. It can be put to your thighs. It can be used on your upper arms. And the the whole aspect of this podcast today is just to actually say, if we are able to microdose and incorporate microdosing of exercise and movement throughout our daily lives, it's not just going to be for the energy factor, but it's also going to be us meeting the specific cellular and chemical needs and structural needs that our body needs to support what is that perfusion our brain needs. And the same perfusion becomes what we see as a positive effect of our brain, our bodies, our wellness moving in the positive direction, and actually us having positive affect in all spaces we occupied. I've never seen a very angry person coming from exercise. It's just harder for your brain to have to have that much anger after you've exercised. You're more flexible. You're more adaptable. You're more creative. So if we can all incorporate any aspect of micro-exercise and movement into our daily lives, I think we will find a lot more wellness and it eliminates you having to almost feel dread about infusing exercise into your life. So that's the spill for the day today on this podcast. This podcast is for empowerment and educational purposes only. It's not intended to replace your medical advices or treat your medical conditions. I want to empower you with education. If this topic resonates with you, please subscribe and share this podcast with a friend and family. I want to see your comments. Feel free to visit me at mylimbic.com. I'm on Instagram. I am on Facebook. The link is going to be in the show notes. Also, I value and appreciate all the comments, the feedbacks. Tell me how I can improve this podcast to benefit you. And if you stay with me till the end of the podcast, thank you for listening.